Hey, how are you? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Good. Me too. Hey, we're going to continue. We are in a season called Lent. We call this our journey to the cross. It's a 40-day period leading up to uh, the death of Jesus. And so we are taking some time considering that Jesus went to the cross on our behalf. Uh, I noticed that after today, we're going to have two more Sundays until we have what we call our Good Friday service. And so two more Sundays after today, then we'll gather here on a Friday night. Remember that Jesus was crucified for our behalf. By his wounds, we are healed, as we talked about last week. And so Jesus is wounded so that we could get healing. What, what a great turnaround for us. And then that weekend, as we leave that Friday night, kind of thinking about death and sorrow, we come back, though, that next day, uh, Sunday celebrating because that day is Resurrection Sunday. And uh, no way. That is so cool. I first heard that and I thought, man, some kid is screaming at you brought blowers for that. Woo! You're, man, you are getting ready back there. That just must be an, a community group thing. Is that what? Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> There's the power of community. Not one of them would have done that on their own, but the quiet one says we could all do this. The power of community. Hey, good. So anyway, <laughs> i got to guard myself saying that, man, that nearly a heart attack. I thought an elk was dying or something. <laughs> anyway, thank you. No air horns. This fragile heart might not be able to take that. But You know, that is a great day, but it's a great truth that Jesus, who was crucified, was raised from the dead. And he says, if you place your faith in me, I offer you life eternal as well. I, I'll just prove it, that if I'm raised from the dead, I, I can take you as well. And so we'll celebrate that truth in a few Sundays from now. Woo, that still got me. Okay, anyway, if you have your Bibles with you today, I invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. If you want, you can use the Bible sitting in front of you, and we're going to be on page 876, 876, as we continue on our journey to the cross. Our key passage, if you remember, is found in Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. And I'm going to ask that you read this with me this morning. This is the Apostle Paul later, after he knows that Jesus Christ has been raised and he's now at the right hand of the throne of God. The Apostle Paul has a changed life. He's saying, I'm no longer who I was. He writes this divinely inspired passage. Read this together with me, please. Let's begin. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I'm hoping that you're putting that in your heart and you're putting that in your mind. And, and when you're wondering, who do I trust in? No, I, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. We're talking about how this journey of Lent season, but really a journey of life, is a journey of faith. A journey of faith. And we're going to talk about this more today, this journey of faith. A couple things I'd like to say is just reminders. One thing we're going to do is we look at Jesus today. Let's marvel at Jesus in order to worship Him fully. As we, as we look at this passage and as you're reading the Word of God, as you're listening to Christian music, whatever it is... 
that you would marvel at Jesus and go, wow, he's just, he, he is the Son of God, and he loves me, and he gave himself for me, and that you would marvel at him so that you could worship him fully. In the last few weeks, we've talked about how a sinful woman comes up to him and she's crying and weeping. And he says to her, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in wholeness. Shalom. Go. Your faith has saved you. And and we just marvel at that. A couple weeks ago, then we see that Jesus is on a boat with his disciples and they're freaking out. They think they're going to die. And he gets up and speaks to the waves and he says, be still. And the storm ceases. Wow. Who is that, they said. Who is that that can speak to a storm and it stops? And we just want to marvel at Jesus and worship him fully. Last week, Pastor Mike and I shared a message together and talked about a young girl, 12 years old, who was sick. And she eventually died. It was a tragic story. And Jesus heals her, raises her from the dead. And a woman who had a bleeding issue for 12 years, she's exhausted all her resources trying to find healing. She can't. She goes to Jesus and says, she just believes, I believe if I touch him, he'll heal me. And he does. We just marvel at this and say, Jesus is a God of healing as well. And so we would hope that as you read these things, as you hear these stories, as you worship him in song that you would just marvel at him and then secondly what we've been looking at the last few weeks and we're going to do this again today let's explore our faith and our lack of it let's just uh, be willing to explore faith and say man there's sometimes in life I just don't have faith in Jesus now this uh, faith is so important. We have to just continue to explore it. Where is it? Where, where did it go? And do I have it today? And, and I know that many of you in this room, you've trusted Jesus for your eternity. You've said, Jesus, I believe that you paid for my sins on a cross. I trust you for that. And you have placed this eternal faith in Christ. And yet, there are daily needs that come up. And do we trust the same Savior or do we start trusting in ourselves? And so I, I want us again to explore our faith. I, I know for me as I was just reflecting on my week and I'm, as I'm preparing this message, uh, it, it was just a tough week for my faith. And I, I told our uh, elders Thursday night and I think I maybe told the staff a little bit. Uh, I told the guys I pray with on Thursday morning and, you know, my personality is such I can just get a little moody and down and discouraged at times and some things happen and I just, I feel lowly and all of a sudden I, I found myself quite discouraged and it's as if the Lord was saying to me, Scott, let me ask you this question, where is your faith? Is it in the Savior or is it in yourself? And I didn't even want to answer that question for a while, I just wanted to be down and discouraged and I was like, you know what, I, my faith is in the Savior, it is. It, it's kind of weak right now, it, it just it doesn't feel real strong. As if the Lord was saying, Scott, I want you to know that I, I love you and I care about every little instance in your life, but I want you to know that I'm really after the bigger things in your life. I'm after your heart, and I care about all the small things you care about, but I, I'm really after your heart, and I want to remove all the idols from your life, and I want to remove all the crutches from your life, and I want you to trust in me completely. 
I don't know, is that anybody else's story? But that's kind of my story. Thanks. Yeah, so the two of us share that story this week. And so this is why I believe that we have to explore faith because ultimately God is after our hearts. He wants to remove those idols. He wants to remove crutches from you. He wants you to trust in Him completely. I then started thinking about God and His own Son, Jesus. Jesus, did Jesus have just a trouble-free 33 years of life? Did He? Did, did he, did he, was his bank account always full? He's saying sometimes I don't have a place to stay. Sometimes people are taking me to a hill to throw me off. They want to kill me. Jesus has a tough life and then he takes this journey to, where does it go? The cross. It's a journey to the cross. It's a very uh, ugly story in essence. But again, the father is after a bigger picture with his own son and with all of us. And he says, the journey of faith is going to lead you maybe to a cross. It's going to be a broken road that you're on. But we know this, and this is why we'll get together on Good Friday night. And just remember, it's good for us, even though it was bad for Jesus. Because we know there's an empty tomb on the other side. And so we explore our faith and say, okay, we're going to continue to have faith in this God who allows us to experience a broken road that might even lead to a cross. But this is the God that, who, after the broken road, it ends up with an empty tomb. It ends up with life and all eternity. And so for Jesus, it was a journey of faith. For us, it's a journey of faith. And today, what I would hope that as you leave here today, that in our time with the Word of God and you processing, exploring your own faith, that Jesus today would strengthen your faith. That you'd leave here and say, you know what? With God, all things are possible. Okay? With you, Jesus, I can handle this. Luke 17, let's look here. Luke 17, page 876. I want to start off by looking at verse 5. Verse 5. If you have your Bible, let's look here. It says, The apostles said to the Lord one day, these are the messengers that Jesus has trained up. He's getting ready to send them. They say to the Lord, increase our faith. This is what we've been exploring, faith. This is what we're considering our lack of. They say, Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. Now, I'll just say this. Can I give you a little homework assignment? Would you look at verses, would you just look at this entire chapter this week? Verses 1 through 4, you know, when I first looked at this, I thought verse 5 was right on the heels of verse 4. And I'm not sure if it is or not. Verse 1 through 4, Jesus talks about sin and says it's not good for the person who brings sin and and causes others to sin and things like that. Even if you look at verse 4 real quickly, it says this, And if a man sins then against you seven times in a day, and he turns to you seven times saying, Repent, you must forgive him. Jesus gives this out. If someone sins against you seven times in one day, and each time says, oh, I'm sorry, I, I won't do that again. You know, I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm sorry. Jesus says, forgive him. Now, I, I don't know if that's a standalone story or if verse 5 goes with that, because then they say, Jesus, increase our faith. If he's talking about that, it's like, Lord, how do you forgive somebody like that? Woo. I don't know. I I just read a lot of different people thinking about this. And they said, well, maybe starting at verse 5, it's just a standalone little thought here. 
And, and I don't know that. I don't know if it really matters. This could have to do with a story in Matthew 17. If you're taking notes, you can look that up. And, and someone can't, uh, the disciples can't heal a young man with, with a demon. And Jesus comes and does it. And he just talks about their lack of faith. And maybe this is that story. Maybe it has to even do with the next story. I don't know. But I'm just going to look at these words today. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. If you look at verse 6 though says this then, and the Lord said, If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. I just got to say, Jesus, that's weird. All right? So they're saying, Jesus, increase our faith. And you talk about some tree about being completely uprooted, thrown into the sea. I've never seen that. I've never heard of anybody who's seen that. Jesus, I would have expected you to say something like, oh, man, that's a good desire you guys have. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Increase your faith. Or, or maybe, Jesus, I would expect you to say something like, yep, I'll do it. I love you guys. I'm gonna... He just all of a sudden says, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you could tell. This is weird. I'll just admit that. It's a little weird here. But there are some things in this passage, even these two verses, what they are saying, Lord, increase our faith. I thought there are some things that we can pull out of here. Whether this has to do with the first four verses or verses 7 through 10, I don't know. But I just almost want to look at this one verse today. Verse 5, Lord, increase our faith. A couple things I'd like to draw out of that passage. First one is this, if you're taking notes. We are to give attention to our faith. We are to give attention to our faith. I think it was right for the disciples to go to Jesus and say, Would you increase our faith? Faith is an important thing. We understand that faith is an important thing. And they're giving attention to it. Like, we want to draw attention to this. I think we should be drawing attention to our faith as well. A couple things, reasons why we should do that. One, faith in Jesus is needed for salvation. Faith in Jesus is needed for salvation. You see, what, what we believe that the Word of God says is that we're not going to stand before God someday and He'll make this list and say, okay, let's take all the bad things you did, let's take all the good things you did, and let's see which one outweighs the other. That, that's not how we're going to find salvation. We're not going to find salvation by perfect church attendance because no one gets that, all right? No, not me. It's not how big your Bible is or anything like that. What saves us is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. That is faith, that He alone is the Savior. If you want to write down a couple passages, you could write these down. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 says this, For it is by God's grace that we are saved through Faith, through faith. So faith needs our attention because this is how we find salvation. For somebody to say, Jesus, I trust you, I don't get it, but I understand that you took on the Father's wrath for my sake. It's not based on my efforts, it's based on what you did on the cross. It's faith that saves us. Here's another one if you're writing verses down. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned is how God views me. I have been justified by my faith. And now I have peace with God. 
You see, I sin, we all sin. It's like, oh, does God love me today? Listen, we're at peace with God. He loves us, he's accepted us because of our faith, because of our faith in him. You see, the gospel is this, that simply we believe and the work of Jesus covers us. And so faith needs our attention because this is how we find salvation. I know that many of you in this room say, you know what? I have salvation in Jesus because I've placed faith. I I don't know everybody in here. And you might say, I don't know that I'm saved. I'll tell you, it's not trying harder. It's not going on more missions trips. It's simply trusting Jesus. And if you say even, Lord, initiate my faith. Lord, would you start my faith? He says, if you trust me, I... I will save you. I mean, even where you're at today, just, Lord, I I turn to you. And he says, your faith has saved you. Secondly, uh, I notice that faith in Jesus is needed to follow him. And this is why we need to give attention to it. Because for those of us who are saved, now a next step then is that we need to have faith to follow him. Again, if you're looking at verses 1 through 4, the idea of following Jesus includes forgiving people who hurt us even up to seven times on the same issue on the same day. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, if somebody comes to me and says, okay, I'm sorry, and I was mad at them, and I want vengeance, right? I want, I want, I want, you know, I want this thing solved. If they say, I'm sorry, Jesus says, forgive them. If they go back and hurt me a second time on the exact same issue the same day, that's real tough to say, okay. What about a third or fourth or fifth or sixth time? Jesus says, keep forgiving. That's my way. It takes faith in Jesus to say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you and do what you say. But man, this just doesn't seem right. After about five times, I want to kick somebody. He says, the way of me is to let it go. Even Jesus on the cross, what does he say? Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. The way of Jesus is to forgive. It takes faith for us to follow. In verses 7 through 10 in that passage, it talks about serving. And I don't know if it's related or not, but the idea is the serving, at the end of the day, we're not necessarily going to get thanked for, oh man, you were such a great servant. It's just part of our job. And it takes faith to serve Jesus that... It's the right thing to do. And so, faith in Jesus is needed to follow him. Brought the Mexico team up here. They're going Friday morning down there. They're going, and in essence, it's a walk of faith. We know some things. We're planning to go Thursday morning and drive down there. We're planning to eat in and out Burger on Thursday at noon. Looking forward to that. We're, you know, we're planning no car troubles and planning to be in Mexico Saturday night. And I know where we're going to go for dinner. They're planning all of this stuff. But really, it's a walk of faith because we don't know, do we? And so we've had flat tires and we've had delays. And Adam Hells ended up in a Mexican uh, police station before. It wasn't on the agenda. <laughs> And so uh, this is a journey, Lord, increase our faith. And so faith in Jesus is needed then for the daily journey. Needed just uh, to follow Jesus, but faith in Jesus is needed for a daily journey. Just for tomorrow. Who knows what tomorrow has in store? I got some things on my calendar that say I've got some things planned this week, but I really don't know. And I'm reminded of that almost every week. 
something came across our prayer chain this week. And, and if you have urgent prayer requests and you don't get to write them down on a Sunday, uh, you can call our office and you can go on our website and contact us. But we get news that someone in our church family, one of their relatives is tragically killed this last week. Last Sunday, they weren't planning on that. We don't know what's in the journey. This journey is a walk of faith. You get news of sicknesses. It's like, man, I didn't know that this Sunday that I'd get diagnosed with something. Didn't know that I'd get my feelings hurt. Didn't know that someone would crush me. Didn't know these things. And this life is a journey of faith. And for this journey, this daily journey, we need faith in Jesus. Will you trust the Savior or will you trust in yourself? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Look at this little verse real quickly. Short one. Nice, easy one to memorize. It says this, we walk by faith, not by sight. The idea is that following Jesus, we, we don't see. I mean, we have some plans, but we don't know what's in store for the Mexico team. We don't know what's in store for any of us. We walk, we live this life by faith. Faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us, not by sight. We're just not allowed by God to see what's coming up. And so we trust Him. And since this is the way to live, then I believe that we have to give attention to our faith. Faith, where's my faith? Where's my faith? Because we walk by faith, not by sight. Well, as I read this, I see that they gave attention to their faith. But more importantly, as I read this story, even that one verse, I noticed that they went to Jesus. And I think this is the key, isn't it? I mean, they didn't just say to each other, oh, man, we've got to increase our faith. Whether it's the forgiveness issue or just following Jesus. It wasn't just these guys huddling together saying, we need more faith. They went to Jesus and said, Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the one who's in control of everything, would you increase our faith? And as I see this, I I think, you know what? We are to address our needs to Jesus. Would you write that down? We're to address our needs to Jesus. The idea is, Lord, Lord Jesus, would you do something in us? Would you increase our faith? It wasn't, we're going to try harder. It was, Lord, we are desperate for you. Would you do something in our life? I think this is the prayer that all of us have to say. Lord, I'm desperate for you. I need you to do something in my life. I need you to fix this. I need you to give peace in this. I need you to comfort me in this. I need you to help me in this walk because I don't even know what's coming up tomorrow. A couple things I noticed this as we address our need to Jesus. One, Jesus was the one who started our faith. This is why we go to him. This is why we go to him. He started our faith. He's the one that put it in our heart first to say, trust me. And whether that was when you were a little kid or you uh, just recently said, you know what, I've trusted the Lord with my heart. He's the one who initiated. He's the one that started that faith. Look at this passage. Write it down if you would. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. It says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, which is weird, isn't it? Okay, as he's writing this, Jesus is already ascended to heaven. How do you fix your eyes on Jesus? We walk by faith, not by sight. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the, what's it say? The author. He's the one who started your faith. And the perfecter of our faith. 
Now let me pause here for a moment and take a little commercial break. Can I do that for a second? You watch TV and every 12 minutes you get a commercial or something. I'm going to give you a little commercial. I've given you a lot of verses here this morning, right? Hebrews 12.2 and 2 Corinthians 5.7 and Romans 5.1 and I don't even remember what else I told you, okay? Uh, why? Why do, I, why do I give you all those? I, I don't want to show off. I don't give that to you so that you'd write it down and then three months later take your notes and throw them away. I, I want those to, these verses in the Bible to go deep into your heart and into your mind that as you're walking through this journey of life, you say, you know what? I walk by faith, not by sight. I don't know what's going on, but I walk by faith. I've got to fix my eyes on Jesus, the author, and he's going to perfect my faith. And and let me just give you an advertisement for this thing called Scripture Typer. I have a little app on my phone. I did this about a month and a half ago. I heard it a year ago, and I thought, I, well, I didn't have a cool enough phone a year and a half ago. But uh, I went and got this app, uh, Scripture Typer. And what it does is it helps you, you write down all the verses that you want to memorize. Hebrews 12.2, Galatians 2.20, Romans 5.1, and so forth. And then it will just remind you and help you memorize these things. So I wake up in the morning, instead of checking my emails, I go to Scripture Typer and it says, Scott, you have six verses due today that you got to work on. Okay, I'm going to work on these. And I start putting them in my heart, my mind, and all of a sudden, I just find out that I start, I've put a bunch of verses in there and it's, it's amazing how God uses those verses to increase my faith. Somebody told me this week, said this, for a year plus, I was trying to memorize all of Psalm 90. I couldn't do it. But all of a sudden, here's an advertisement for Scripture Typer. I've been doing this for a month, and I've got the whole Psalm 90 memorized now. All right? I'll even say this. Pastor Mike is going crazy with this. I think because he can't golf, because of his arm, he just sits on his phone and does Scripture. I'm glad you're not doing it right now, man. I'm really, because <laughs> he does this a lot. But when he prays, I'm noticing scripture just comes out. In his conversation, scripture comes out. And he's not trying to show off. It's just because it's so much in his heart and in his mind, it just starts coming out. And I would just encourage you, you either on your cool phone or just go on the internet, scripturetyper.com, and just put some of these verses in and just see how the word of God starts. Some of you are saying, I'm too old, I can't memorize things. Baloney, I know you can, Okay. Put the word of God in our heart. Okay, enough on the advertisement. Let's go to the next point then on this. Jesus not only is the author of the faith and the one who started this, but Jesus wants us to trust him to perfect our faith. He says this, would you trust me? I I put a faith in your heart a long time ago. Or even most recently, but I will perfect it. I've started a good work in you. I will carry it on to completion. Will you trust me with this? That's part of that Hebrews 12, 2 passage. He's the author and the perfecter. Even this last week when I'm discouraged, I'm like, Lord, I almost have zero faith. He's like, just trust me. I started faith in you. I'll get you through this tough time. It wasn't even that much of a tough time. It just kind of took me for, it hit me for a little stumble. But he says, I'll perfect your faith in you. Just turn to me. Trust me. Trust me. I, I notice as I look at this Lord when they're praying, Lord, increase our faith. The idea of going to Jesus, I know this, that Jesus will do the impossible in us and through us as we go to him. When we take our need, yes, he starts the faith and he perfects the faith, but he promises to do the impossible 
in us, in our own lives, and through us, through our ministry, through our connections with other people. Look at verse 5 again, if you would, in Luke chapter 17. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord said, if you had faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you could say to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea and it would obey you. Now wait a second. Do they have faith? Uh, They have faith. They just maybe are thinking, we don't have enough. He says, really, how much faith do you need? I mean, mustard seeds so small. I, I would have brought some up here, but you couldn't see them. He says, if you have this faith, it's alive. It looks like you, it doesn't do anything, but it's alive. It's alive. And you have this faith in you. And so you're right in coming to me because I'm going to do the impossible through you. You'd say, oh, no way about the mulberry tree. The mulberry tree is pretty interesting. Uh, In the Greek, it's the sycamine tree. And just go do a little Google search on that. Not right now, of course. But go do a little Google search on sycamine tree or mulberry tree. The idea of this tree in the Middle East is that when it gets dry, this tree can still grow because it has roots that go down like crazy and go all over the place. And so people would try to kill this tree and they'd cut it off and it'd just come back to life. So when Jesus says, if you had faith like this, you could remove this tree, they're like, no, you can't remove that tree. We've heard that. No one can remove that tree. Its roots are so crazy and so far down, no one can remove that tree. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Faith, with faith in Christ, the impossible can be done. I remember having a tree in our front yard a few years back. I wanted it down, and it had roots that went into the front lawn and out the front lawn and all over the place. I wanted this tree done. And I thought, Lord, you said if I have faith, it's going to end up, you know, in the backyard all cut up nicely for firewood, right? And it didn't. So, you know, we got some guys from the church and we cut it down and make sure it didn't fall on the house and things like that. But, but I think what Jesus is getting at is saying, if you have faith, if you have faith in me, I will do the impossible in your life and through you guys. So then I started thinking, well, what's impossible? If we started just writing down a list, what's impossible in our lives? You would start making a list. You could almost make a list right now. The impossible things in my life. And it might even start with offering forgiveness. It's like, I just can't do that. It's impossible, God. There are so many roots of hurt and bitterness in my life. It's just impossible. And he says, if you would have faith in me, we can uproot that. And you can forgive. I started thinking, well, what else are we struggling with? Overcoming addictions? See, I'm trying so hard on my own. I can't do this. If you would have faith in Christ, he can do the impossible in you and in your loved ones. And he can do this. You believe that? That he can do this. I then started thinking, well, could he save a broken marriage? Can he do that? If we have faith, not in ourselves, but if we have faith in Christ, could he uproot a broken marriage and and, and put it back together? Do you believe that? Could we receive physical or spiritual healing from anything? And Jesus says, if you have faith, 
The size of a mustard seed. If you have faith in me, the object of your faith, you've got it right that you're coming to me. If you would have faith in me, we'll do the impossible. Thursday night at our elder meeting, we were talking about life and faith. And Larry Crawford says this. He says, one of the things I'm asking the Lord is, Lord, would you allow me to see 10 people come to Christ while I'm in Mexico? And I know that Larry's not saying, okay, no, i got to get after it and preach a really good message and just keep them there until they finally raise their hand into submission. He's just, Lord, I'm asking that I'd get to see a spiritually dead life come to faith in Jesus and have physical or spiritual life forever and ever and ever. You see, Larry says, I, I have faith in Christ that he can do that. And that, that's his prayer. And I think it's a fantastic prayer. God can do the impossible. He says, will you have faith in me? And so the idea here is that we need to address our needs to Jesus. Not just address our needs to working harder, but address our needs to Jesus. And he will do the impossible in us. And he will do the impossible through us. Let me ask you some questions because... Some needs that you might have that you would take to Jesus. Let me ask you questions. First of all, are, are your troubles increasing? Are your troubles increasing? And I imagine some of you could say, oh yeah. Oh, aren't they always? Promise of Jesus. In this world, you will guaranteed have trouble. Are your troubles increasing? Yeah, they are. Constantly. I want to tell you a quick answer to this. And it's simply this. Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. And you say, wait a second, go to Jesus, what's his address? I'd knock on his door if you told me his address. Give me his email address. Um, Remember, we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. Unfortunately, you aren't going to get to wrap around the feet of Jesus, but you can get on your knees and you call out to him because we live, we walk by faith, not by sight. And you go to him and you pray to him and you connect with the body of Christ if your troubles are increasing. Let me ask you this. Are your resources decreasing? You go, oh yeah, constantly. You know what my answer is going to be for this? What? Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Again, you go to Jesus in prayer and say, Jesus, I don't know how to provide. I don't know how to make this happen. Go to Jesus. Well, we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. We say, Jesus, though I can't see you, I believe that you care for me and that you will provide for me. If your resources are decreasing, let me ask you this Next question. It's a weird one. Are your resources increasing? Okay? Sometimes they are. Are your resources increasing? You're like, actually, they are. When we asked that last question, I was feeling guilty because I'm coming across some money. What? You know what my answer is going to be for this? If your resources are increasing, guess what the answer is? Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Because if God is giving you something, it's, it's a, he's entrusting something to you. And he says, I want you to use it wisely. I want you to, yes, use it for your enjoyment, but use it for the kingdom. Well, how do I know how to do that? Go to Jesus. Ask. He gives you wisdom. Because we walk by what? Faith, not by sight. Let me ask you a couple more questions. Are you sick? Are you sick? 
loved one of yours sick, each week when we get these uh, connection cards, put them together, and we see those, a lot of those have to do with sickness because it's on our mind. Our bodies ache, your loved ones ache from cancers, and they're in the hospital, and this and that. What's the answer if we're sick? <laughs> Go to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Take your need to Jesus. When they said, Lord, we need you to do this, increase our faith, they're going to Jesus. Oh, I, I'm telling you, the best way is to pray because we walk by faith, not by... One more question along this line. It's this. Are you tired? Are you tired? Now, not just because we had a time change a week ago and, and some people say, man, that throws me off and whatever. But just, are you worn out from life? Worries of life, troubles of life, problems, whatever. Are you tired? I think this is kind of where I was this last week. I was telling Pastor Mike, I said, I think part of my problem is I'm just not sleeping well. I'm looking forward to going to Mexico and sleeping well in the van, you know, things like that. <laughs> but if you're tired... What's my answer going to be today? Go to Jesus. You see, this is where the disciples went. They said, Lord, we're going to you. Increase our faith. Go to Jesus. Pray to him. The reason we go to him is because we walk by, not by. We live by faith, not by sight. See, this is Galatians 2.20. When the Apostle Paul says this, this life I now live in the body, I live by faith. And the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He had a very difficult life. As a follower of Jesus, he was beat up. He was imprisoned. He says, I'm not living based on what it looks like around me. I'm, I'm not living by sight. I'm living by faith in Jesus. And this is really my prayer for all of us that, as it says there in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, that we would walk by faith, not by sight. Even if you'd write it down again, walk by faith, not by sight. You go to Jesus first. In your trials, in your successes, you go to Jesus first. You walk by faith, not by sight. As I was preparing this message and I was thinking about that and just struggling with my own faith at, at times this week and now, I like listening to music. So one of the things I do is I go on iTunes and I've got my list of music. And there's this song I like. And I had uh, told Chris about this for weeks now. But I went back and listened to it. And it's a song called Walk by Faith. <laughs> and then I was reminded of the story of this. And I just want to read some of the story to you. Because this, this really became my mantra, my prayer all week. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. And, Stories of a young Christian musician named Jeremy Camp. Some of you have heard him. You've heard his songs on the Christian radio station. He was going to college in California, and he was a worship leader, and he was uh, performing at different places. There's a girl in the audience, and they connect. Her name is Melissa, and he thinks, hey, she's cute. Maybe we could, uh, you know, uh, get together and things like that. They started dating. Before long, in the dating relationship, she says to him, I need to break this off. She says, I think the Lord's doing something in me and he's preparing me for something. I just, I need to get away to listen to him. She's like, well, that's noble, but it's kind of a bummer for me. 
So anyway, he goes about just leading worship and growing in his own faith. And till one day, <clears throat> Jeremy was summoned to the hospital to see Melissa. She'd just been diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Young girl in college. She's been told that she has this cancer. She remained positive. She was trusting God, confident that God's going to somehow use this illness for his good. But what do you do when you're a young girl and you've been given this diagnosis? Well, in the days that followed, she says to Jeremy, I, I, I do love you and I, I think we probably could get married. And they get engaged. During his engagement, he writes this song, Walk by Faith. Because he doesn't know. He's like, Lord, maybe this cancer goes away and that would be awesome. I'd get to spend the rest of my life with her. But maybe cancer comes back and I don't know. So I will walk by faith. He, he starts writing these words. Would I believe you, God, when you say your hand will guide me every way? Will I receive the words you say every moment of every day? I will walk by faith. Even when I cannot see, because this broken road prepares your will for me. He's like, I just don't know what's going to happen with me and Melissa. So I'll walk by faith, not by sight. Well, they ended up getting married. They're on their honeymoon. And she started getting sick. They take her to the doctor, and a couple months later, they said, there's nothing we can do. This cancer is going to take your life. And it did. And here he is, recently married and now recently widowed. How do you handle that? How do you handle that? I was thinking, as I read that song, I was like, wow, Lord, we, we just don't know. I mean, in a sense, we're all terminal. And so for that reason, we walk by faith, not by sight. And so we have to go to Jesus. Jesus, increase our faith, deepen our faith. God, strengthen our faith. That to follow you is tough, and, and just life in general is tough, and, and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I've, I've just been singing this song over and over in my head, walk by faith, walk by faith, walk by faith. And it's been my prayer for you. God, just help this church family, walk by faith, walk by faith. I don't know what Mexico is going to lead, walk by faith. I don't know what's going on in your life, but walk by faith, not by sight. Knowing his story, Jeremy's story of losing his young wife to cancer, I thought, you know what, I, I just want you to watch and listen to him perform this song this morning. Just sit back and, and just reflect on your own faith. Explore your own faith. God, am I walking by faith or am I walking by sight? Am I walking by faith in myself or am I walking in faith of the Savior? And Just listen. Just watch. Just let God explore your faith with you this morning. You see, we walk by faith, not by sight. I know this of all of us, that this road we're on, it's broken. I mean, we're broken, right? And so the question is, will we walk by faith, not by sight? Will we walk by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us? You think about Jesus. The road he takes is broken. It leads to a cross. 
just journey to the cross with us on that and just remember and read through all the troubles that Jesus faces on this broken road. But it doesn't end there, does it? It ends in victory. It ends in an open tomb. It ends in glory. And so my prayer is that we walk by faith, not by sight. Because Jesus will carry us as we look to him. I'm going to ask that you pray with me, please. And just explore our faith together with the Lord here. Heavenly Father, just reflecting on my last week, I, I walked by sight at times and it just wasn't good. And then when I did walk by faith, it was usually faith in me. But when I turn to you, you're the one who lifts up my head and says, I love you, I care for you. God, would you help us all? Would you grow our faith and our faith in you specifically? Help us to go to you early and often and help us to walk by faith. You are this amazing God who didn't spare your own son, but yet you allowed him to be crucified for our benefit so that as we go through this broken road, this is not the end. We are on our way home. It just happens to be a broken road. And so, God, we give you praise and thanks this morning that that's who you are. You are with us on this broken road, so help us to walk by faith, not by sight. Help us to sing praises to you that, yes, you are the great God who loves us and cares for us. You are after the bigger things. You are with us. You will never leave us. You will never forsake us. Thank you. Thank you. So help us as we leave here today. Help us to sing with joyful hearts that, yes, we belong to you. Help us to praise your name. We pray all this in Jesus' name.